turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It is the date, the edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. We might be a couple minutes late, but we were having some technical difficulties. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, anything and everything we can help you with. All you need to do is call us. You can dial 340, that's 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email us uh, with your question by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. Everything else is hands-free and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Well, Paul, it's date day. Yes, it is. We've pretty much been hanging out all day. Because it's Thursday. So? So you look particularly beautiful today. Oh, thank you. Well, so that, you know, everybody Don't knows. change the subject. Well, yeah. Thank you. And I tell all the ladies that too, when somebody tells you, gives you a compliment, just say thank you. You know, but I say thank you and move on. Yeah. So, thank you. And give me a look like you were throwing daggers at me. (laughs) (laughs) What's on your heart today, Paula? Oh, very quickly. Okay. Please pray for our kids, our our high school and junior high schoolers left today for their uh, youth retreat. Um, Please keep them in prayer. We're really hoping and praying that the Lord will, his spirit will fall upon them. And uh, they'll come back just so excited about hanging out with Jesus. So please keep them in prayer. They'll be back Saturday afternoon. And we'd love to know that a whole bunch of people are praying. So um, thank you for including them on your prayer list. Mm-hmm. Now, Paula. Okay, but I want to, I'll add to that because that was part of my list as well. They're, they left today and um, they'll be back Saturday. But just like everything else we do. Oh, oh, yes. And this year, they're going with Pastor Chris and Pastor Matthew (laughs) as the leaders the first time. I mean, they've been always helping, but they're actually Pastor Chris and Pastor Matthew. So that's kind of a big deal, you know. (laughs) I was uh, laughing at Jocelyn last night. Oh, really? Because she was saying, Papa, I'm going to be the oldest person there. Elaine and I are the oldest people there. (laughs) I said, see, welcome to my, my world. Yeah. And their son is Pastor, Pastor Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's going to be really kind of cool. Like, uh, Dad, this is how we do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how you did it when you were leading. But this is how we do it now. Anyway, uh, but yeah, but everything we do here is evangelistic. And so a lot of the kids, you know, who are walking with the Lord, they know. And they've been out, you know, asking friends and other family members, um, even strangers who aren't saved, hey, you want to come to our, our youth camp? And so pray that, um, and I know a couple of them, of the kids who 
who've gone, who come to church, but they come because mom and dad make them come, mm-hmm. you know, with their hands, you know, folded, and, you know, just praying. Maybe maybe a couple of them might be like, uh, well, he used to be uh, Pastor Samuel here. He went his first time to camp because he didn't, the option was go to like juvenile hall or something. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it'd be a good place to sell his drugs. Yeah, you know, made yeah. a few bucks and met Jesus. He ended up being pastor here yeah, at the church. Yeah. And, Planted a church with him and yeah. and uh, love him with all of our hearts. So mm-hmm. we're unashamedly yeah. evangelistic. Yeah. And so, you know, seriously pray that those kids who love Jesus already would fall more and more in love with him um, because this world's getting rougher and rougher. But for those other kids who aren't saved, who are getting swept up in all of this, that the truth which unites will win their hearts over and save them a whole lot of trouble. So that's that's kind of what's on my heart as far as the youth camp goes. And Pastor Chris and Pastor Matthew have been around. I mean, I, mean, I used to give uh, Chris his little breathing treatments when he was three and four months old, and that's a stubborn boy. He's a stubborn <laughs> man now. But... He's kind of like you in that that sense. He knows God now, and you cannot talk him off of what the truth really is. Imagine how terrified we'd have been if 10, 15 years ago somebody would have said, you know, uh, this kid and this kid are going to be your youth pastors, and they're going to take a bunch of other kids Mm-mm. to a camp mm-hmm. in 2021. We say, oh, stop it. That's never, <laughs> that's never going to happen. But, but see, it's just that's that's I, I shared this before in this program. It's it's one of the huge privileges of of our life. We get to watch these people grow yeah. into men and women of God, and and man, it's just been wonderful. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And so anything and everything that uh, some of these young adults um, will bring to either Pastor Matthew or Pastor Chris they will be met like hitting a brick wall because they've already seen and heard pretty much all the arguments. Um, and they know how to handle that. So mm. I'm excited. So uh, the other thing is um, for you and Juan, Pastor Juan, going to Durango, I'm very excited. I'm not nervous other than, you know, you like Mexican food now, so that's <laughs> that's not a problem for you. <laughs> But but and and please don't anybody be offended by this. But my Mexican food is like very white. Yeah, you gringo. When yeah. I go to <laughs> El Jalisco, I say he gringo style. You know, and they're yeah. like, okay, Mama no Paula. peppers, no onions, yeah. no no sauce, yeah. no spices. Yeah, at all. you want a jalapeno? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not understand what I said? You know, no. Do you want what is the other stuff uh, with the onions and the jalapeno Salsa. and the tomato? No, think uh. Not ceviche. That's no. it's a hot carrot. No, no, but it'll come to me. But anyway, it's just you know, like I put it in my tacos. Uh, pico de gallo. That's it, pico de gallo. Uh, no, he don't want that either. <laughs> I want fajita chicken. I want a corn tortilla. <laughs> I want little tiny bits of spread of cheese, white yeah. cheese, uh-huh. and nothing and else. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm the one who spoke Spanish now. You know you did. That's not right. That is not right. But, yeah, so Pastor Juan and Ron are going to Durango. And so just pray. I want you guys to have a really good, fun time and uh, come back with a lot of pictures and praise reports. And, I mean, you're, yeah. uh, you know, when I think about uh, Pastor Jay and Carmen and them doing this school, my face just cracks from smiling so big. We're just really proud of them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm proud of you because I know you don't like to travel, and you don't like to travel when I'm not there. So you can't say, "Paula, you can't be a baby." <laughs> you can no baby, Pastor Juan. Be a man when you go over there. So make make Pastor Juan proud. You just humiliated me in front of <laughs> all these thousands of radio listeners. <laughs> and Sam, and the thing, it's like it's just the three of us in here. I forget I'm talking to all these people, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, but keep 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 uh, Calvary Chapel in Durango um, in your prayers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're taking a step of faith. The first uh, uh, we planned a lot of churches out of our church, and this is the first one that said uh, 
you know, Pastor Ron, I, God wants me to start a school. And then as they worked to it, that wanted me to come and dedicate it and mm-hmm. and preach a message on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, as as much as I hate traveling, yeah, I mean, H A T T. If this was like H A T E, what did I say? T T. Oh well, <laughs> that's how bad yeah. it is, right? Yeah. You lost your mind. <laughs> they would be all caps if this was an email or something. Okay. <laughs> But but I just I couldn't say anything. But of course I'll be there. Of course, yeah. And and then Rocio from our church. Oh, I love her. She's got a bunch of friends in Durango, mm-hmm. and she's been contacting me. She says, "Oh, Pastor Run, they're so excited. My pastor is coming, yeah. and and believe me, they are going to cook for you, and you're going <laughs> to eat so much." And they said, but "Rocio, I can't <laughs> eat hot stuff." And she says, "Oh, you're going to love it." <laughs> <laughs> and when she said that. It was like she wasn't giving me a choice. No, no, and you will eat it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you famous, Pastor. Because <laughs> Rocio made sure to yeah, all her friends know. But anyway, yeah, so um, Pastor Ron and Ron to Durango. How sweet. And you know, Jay's chest is just going to be all puffed out. This is my pastor. Yeah. This is our yeah. second trip, and yeah. to, Pastor Juan and I together to Durango. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love seeing Jay's one of our kids, and he and Carmen, and they're grown kids now. Yeah. They're all growing up. Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, when we sent him up there 12 years ago, it wow. just it just wouldn't, you know, yeah. this was just a dream. So it's exciting to serve God. Mm-hmm. You never know where you're going to go. Yeah. And I remember when, it, this happens every time when you send somebody up, it's always, it's like, oh, man, Pastor, I didn't know it was going to be this hard, you know. Um we as a family are kind of struggling because it's so hard. You know, it's almost kind of one of those things that did God really say, which is what I asked you when we got here too, uh, several times. Uh, did, <laughs> <laughs> did God really say? Constantly. Yeah. And, and yeah, you just have to, it, God's faithful. You have to, he, you got to be proven. One of my favorite verses for Corinthians 4, 2 is required that every man given a trust by God must, must prove yeah. faithful. And the tests and the trials, they come. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't really know our heart until we've been through those tests and trials and we're still here standing. Yeah. And Jesus said, thumbs up to the heart. It's yeah. pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. And another thumbs up is Sweet Summer Devotions. <clears throat> you know, I don't know how many years we've been doing that either, um, but it's been a lot. Uh, and er, this year in particular was, I think I say that all the time. <laughs> you know, about 12 years we've been doing it. Okay. So I think I say that all the time, like every w- women's retreat, this is the best one ever, you know, kind of thing. But, um, See, yeah. That's, that's just a fresh move of God's spirit. Yeah. And when you're, when you're in that sort of, it's, it's, it's like surfing, you know, when you're right in the perfect spot on a wave. Well, when, you're, when God's spirit is sort of pushing you forward and, and the ladies are getting more and more intense um, and the message is getting more and more direct, it's just, it, that's just the place to be. So yeah. that's why it seems that way always. Okay. Sweet. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, well, Yoli, you know, we, some of us, uh, you know, we look at people and we think, wow, I would have never thought that about you. Or you seem to have it all together. Or you've been saved so long, you, you probably just grew up in a Christian home, you know, and everything was just fine. And But no, hardly, that hardly ever happens. Um, and she was saying that, She's been here 18 years at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. Yeah, I, when I when I heard that, that shocked me. Yeah, just shocked me. Yeah, that's because time is going so fast. Yeah, it's already August what, 12th? Sheesh, 2021. Mm. Jesus was supposed to be back by now. But anyway, we were young people. We were when we got here. Look what this church has done to us. <laughs> yeah, that and the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, she said she'd been here for 18 years, and when she came here from another church, she had just served, you know, so much at the other church that she was going to come over here and just kind of sit down. When the very first sentence seemed like of her testimony, she said, no, Tracy Nugent said, no, <laughs> <laughs> we, we got VBS, you need to come on and help me out. So I love Tracy, she's my good friend. But anyway, um, she went into her testimony saying, you know, her mom was uh, had her as as a teenager at 17 and you know a lot of times we were looking for love and thinking 
if I lay down with this guy and I'm going to have his baby, then he's going to love me back. Well, that did not happen. Her, her, she called him her DNA donor because he was never in her life. Um, and he even denied that he was the father. But she says, I look just like him and all the rest of his family. There's no denying. But um, we all, you know, she wanted to fit in. She wanted to belong to a family. And uh, she, she was kind of like me in that sense. Um, not that my dad wasn't around, but that I wanted to fit in. I wanted to have a family, a normal family. I didn't have a normal family. We all want a normal family. And you and I say this all the time, that um, no matter how old a person gets, they want to hear that their parents love them and that they're proud of them. And she says, I was a good kid, got good grades. I was obedient, you know, um, but that didn't seem to matter. She's, she was a good kid, but she knew she was a sinner. And don't we all, or sh we should, even though she was the good girl, she still was a sinner. And then I, I, I didn't think I would ever hear this come from her mouth. When she came to San Antonio the first time, because she was raised in California, um, it was the first time she ever experienced racism, seeing it. She said the south side was Hispanic, the east side was black, and the north side was white. And, you know, you just think, coming from California, is kind of a melting pot, you know. Especially where she came from. She mm -hmm. was... Uh, in the South Bay area, Wilmington, San Pedro area, mm -hmm. in there. And um, it is a, a, literally a melting pot. It's a very small, unincorporated area of mm -hmm. Los Angeles, but it's tough. And mm -hmm. everybody sort of found their way there, and, and uh, people live with one another and next to each other. So uh, having a, a, a variety of, of races and nationalities was nothing new mm -hmm. there to come here and see the segregation. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we, we don't look at San Antonio as a segregated city. Well, I guess we just get used to this is where this group of people lives. Where this, but, but, and, and part of that is because our church is so diverse okay. in its makeup. But yeah. but, yeah, that would be shocking at first. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So, but anyway, she was cute because she was saying, that um, her mom was not a very good mom and you know stuff like that. But that uh, after a while, her mom went to this Baptist church. She said it was a two-hour service, <laughs> two-hour service, and her mom got saved at that church, you know. And she said, "I was raised Catholic. At the Catholic church, it's forty-five minutes. You out of there." <laughs> you know, happy Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let's go. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> that was cracking me up. She said. Two-hour service. That's where she got saved. And um, she said it, her mom was really changed. And um, it was good to see. It was really good to see. But then she was talking about, you wanted to know, did she talk about her military career? She said since she was four, she wanted to be a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some yeah. people know. Yeah, she was a good girl, but she was a tough girl. But she was a tough girl. And, but 19 and in the service, she said, physical fitness? She's everybody was saying, you are not going to make it. She's, she was thinking, I've never run. I've never done a sit-up. I never, you know, that kind of thing. She said, and everybody said, no way, but God. And she said, I passed. <laughs> <laughs> I got in. She said, you had to hold up on the bar, hold your own body weight up. And she says, I'm little, but you know how much you weigh? <laughs> <laughs> you hold it all up for a minute and a half. And I was like, go on, girl. She said, but God. Um, but in the military is where she met her husband to me. And uh, he said he was a Christian. You know, I bet he's good looking. I've never met him. I bet he was good looking. And, you know, you love a man in a, in a uniform kind of thing. And uh, she said he said he was a Christian, but she had not ever prayed. And he really wasn't. And I've heard, I've heard some horror stories. One of my best friends who lives in California said um, she had got married, and on the honeymoon night, the guy tried to kill her, you know. Yep. But she said, if you're not on your hands and knees, you'll make a mess. Because within the first three months, the bottom fell out. He didn't want to go to church, read the Bible. He was tired of, she tried being the submissive wife, but that didn't mean anything to him. And so, things don't get better if you don't include 
Jesus, and no matter how good looking the guy might be, might have a good job, and a mama might not live down the street, but um, without Jesus, it's just a mess. And she said, uh, raising kids in a divided home, the kids knew some stuff, but they're not walking with the Lord even today. But she said some seeds were planted. Um, but yeah, we don't all have easy lives. And the the other thing, too, you always know that the Lord is there. If you're if you're called and you're looking, he's going to make sure you're he's found. And so she um, she says, I pray about everything now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, no you, th- you think we, we women would would pray for uh, when, when a man comes into our life? Lord, is this the one? But, you know, we don't do that. And Mm-mm. and we get trapped and then. Um, God used the pain in that situation to make her a woman who said, I'm going to pray about everything. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that's what happens a lot. Well, anyway, um, and, and she, you know, she talked about her getting cancer um, and that um, they they got it all. The Lord, you know, she was going to a church where she was, you know, claiming her healing and um, the people around her were, you know, they encouraged her, but, um, you know, God can heal and, you know, he will heal kind of a thing. And, but God, God answers prayers differently than yeah. we hope and think sometimes. And so it was a lumpectomy and now full mastectomy, but, um, six months of chemo, seven weeks of radiation, a year of waiting before reconstruction surgery, but they got it all. And she's been 29 years, no cancer in her body. And so that's encouraging. Yeah. You know, I've never heard Yoli complain. Uh, I mean, 18 years she's been here. Mm-hmm. I've never heard her complain about anything. Mm-hmm. She's quiet, mm-hmm. um, but she's visible in the church and yeah. she's active. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've never heard her complain. And um, just whatever the, the, the struggles that are going on, she's found that God's grace is sufficient and it shows. Yeah. I think that's the best thing about And we've got five minutes left, Paula, in this half of the program. And we got some other questions. I, I, I'm not going to shook my head because the false teaching, the name it and claim it stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk at the other side of the break about yeah. about some false teaching people that, that get hurt. And, um, um, you know, she's just sat and she's learned and she's grown. And I think all of the ladies this year, um, the, the message was abandon yourself to Jesus and you're going to find yourself doing things and being in places that you never dreamed possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I think this was a super productive year for uh, the Sweet Summer Devotions. Don't know how you're going to top it next year. Oh, I don't have to worry about it. That's on Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see that? No pressure. No pressure zone. Um, you know, and, and I always talk about in the Q&A because in the Q&A, um, the questions that were asked, but one was, um, and you could tell it was from a lady who was hurting pretty bad because um, after 10 years of marriage uh, you know there was some infidelity in her marriage and this one lady asked well how did you do that because she's still with him how do you do that you know and Yoli said one day at a time one day at a time you know I have to I had to get to that place of don't just fix him um um do what you need to do in me, Lord. Do you want me to stay? Do you want me to go? And the Lord had her to stay. And so <clears throat> after Yoli said that, then I was able to say, um, because of First Corinthians 13 that you're teaching on love, God knows the future. And true love says, Lord, I'm going to do what you ask of me, irregardless of how I feel or what I think. And so... Um, is it fair or is it unfair? And Jesus can't ask us to do anything um, because he hung on the cross for us. He said, I loved you when you didn't love me. Can I use you to love somebody else? Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those hands down, heart open things all over again. And so um, that that particular lady came forward and she was, I didn't pray with her. She was next to me and just boo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. But we, 
you know, when being Christians, um, we have to look at the cross. We have to look higher. Laura was telling me this year, look higher than my loss, um, look higher than my disappointments, look higher than my pain, look higher than my fear, and see Jesus, his hands reaching out, you know, because he, he did all of that, you know. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And sometimes in our lives, the people we love the most um, that we think should love us back, um, it just doesn't happen. And so the Lord says, yeah, that happens all the time. Um, will you still love me and love others for me? Mm-hmm. And so Yoli was like, okay, I volunteer. Yeah, bless her heart. She was. Mm-hmm. It was really great to hear. I think of Jesus having both of the thieves on the cross hurling insults at him. And yet um, um, his heart was open. He was vulnerable. Talking about hands down, yeah. heart open. Yeah. Jesus was ready. Yeah. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day Show. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'd love your calls and or questions. This is the word to stand up for life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. We'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our date day program 340-9585 for your live calls and or questions paula i know you have something else on your agenda yeah it's kind of made me mad, Pastor Ron. Um, you <laughs> we, know, we have to talk about stuff that makes us mad sometimes. It's not good. You know, it, and you just kind of think because uh, I was at home trying to, you know, have the Lord help me to believe the best kind of thing because that's just kind of how I want to be. But I'm just mad. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to be nice. So anyway, I got this little pamphlet thing sent to me, like it might have been a, a church. Not their bulletin, but their belief, kind of. You know, this is what we believe. And after the verse of Acts, verses Acts 19, 2 through 6, and I'm not going to read all that, but um, after that, it says, it is critical, or crucial, I should say, it is crucial that every believer of Jesus Christ be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and then it says, here's proof. And then it's asking the believer, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And then gives seven different reasons why about tongues. And do you want me to read them? No. Okay, because I'll, I'll probably get mad. You know, Paul, this is church abuse. This this is false teaching. Uh, it's It's harmful, damaging teaching. Um, you and I have our own experience back when I got saved and I took you to a church. Uh, I didn't know. I'd never been in church. And, and, and suddenly uh, there's this church that we too says, you know, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved and all that other stuff. And and you know it doesn't feel right. I mean, if you're a born-again believer, the, the Spirit of God gives you some discernment. And you almost have to turn it off in order to 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 um, to to be seduced by the false teachings, and um, you know you always wonder about motive. People want big churches, they want exciting churches, they want churches where people are going to give a lot. And one of the ways to sort of prime the pump is with spiritual gifts, most notably tongues, because it's something that can be easily counterfeited. And um, these churches that insist that speaking in tongues is something every believer should do. And that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled with or baptized by the Holy Spirit. In some cases, they would say you're not even saved. Um, and, and, and they're elevating tongues when First Corinthians 12 clearly says not all will speak in tongues, not all are apostles, those kind of things. And yet the damage they do to confused and, and, and especially new believers, I can't overstate the pain that's caused. Now, here's here's what they do. They say, well... Uh, when when the Holy Spirit fell 
on the day of Pentecost, all 120 of the believers um, uh, spoke in tongues. Well, that was the Holy Spirit's grand entrance into the world. That was the day the church was born. That was a one-time, never-to-be-repeated event. You know, whenever somebody says, well, well, no, it's supposed to be repeated. We're supposed to do it. I say, okay, well, show me your cloven tongue of fire. Or, or when did the sound of a mighty rushing wind come? Well, those aren't supposed to be repeated, just the tongues. And, and that, that's just really dishonest um, um, interpretation of the Bible. And um, then they'll say in, in Acts chapter 19, uh, they'll, they'll use the example of Paul going through uh, Ephesus and, and, and finding some disciples, it says. They're not believers, but finding there's some disciples. And the disciples, um, Paul and the others, notice that they're missing something. There's just something that's not there. Earlier, the same thing happened with Apollos. Apollos, who turned out to be a great spirit-filled Pete, uh, preacher, um, um, when when um, Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they noticed there's something missing. Well, Apollos was a disciple of John's message of baptism of repentance. The same thing is true in Acts chapter 19 in Ephesus. Um, um, they noticed something wrong. They said, well, well, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And what they were baptized into was the message of John's John the Baptist, uh, the the kingdom of heaven is near. Mm-hmm. Repent and be ready. So like Apollos, and in the early church world, uh, news didn't travel. They didn't have text and they didn't have social media. So uh, news moved very, very slowly. And so somebody would hear the message of, of John the Baptist, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is near, and they'd get excited. And they'd say, okay, I'm a believer. And then they would stay in groups and they would follow. So they're disciples. It doesn't say they were believers. They're completely different things. And Paul, when he said, um, well, well, you don't know what the Holy Spirit is. And then he prayed for them and laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit in power. And they did speak in tongues. It was not a second experience. It was a first experience. And sometimes people who get saved receive the gift of tongues. But gift, the gift of tongues, and we're, we're in 1 Corinthians, we just finished 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in our Sunday morning studies. The, the uh, idea is it's a great gift. I've, I've got the gift. You've got the gift. Mm-hmm. But it's not a gift that everybody will receive. Simply we don't have the faith to receive it or it just doesn't make sense. There are people with personality. I, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. So what's the point? And clearly not all receive the gift of tongues. But when we're born again, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you haven't got the Spirit of God, you have no, no part of him. So when you are born again, you have every bit of the Spirit that you can. And then the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what they're calling the baptism of the Spirit, mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, according to Acts 5.32, when you step out and obey. And Paula, it frustrates me as a pastor. I've, I've seen lives completely shipwrecked by this kind of false teaching, the prosperity junk. And these are just silly, charismatic churches that are over the top. They're, they're either dishonest in their Bible study and in their presentation, uh, willfully deceiving people for whatever their motive is, and that's between them and the Lord, mm-hmm. or they're they're simply a product of that church environment and they don't know any better, and they don't check it out for themselves. And all one has to do is open your Bible and read it. Mm-hmm. Open your Bible and read it. And they tell everybody, be like the Bereans, uh, who are more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word with great joy and then they checked it out to make sure what they were being told was true. Yeah. And and the people that have been seduced by this false teaching, this and other types of false teaching, the best thing that can happen and demonstrates their, their heart, um, God is honoring their heart by bringing them out of that false teaching. And instead of looking back on what they missed out on or what they misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Now they can be excited and look forward to to sort of walking through life with the real Jesus and not a Jesus that's a made up Jesus. It's it's uh madly frustrating to me. Yeah. And yet 
Um, it just happens. And, and it is our fault. We're not good stewards of the Word of God. We, we simply believe what we're told because it's what we want to believe. And when people go into a church where everybody's speaking in tongues at the same time, it's like, well, at least I, I've still got the Holy Spirit. And, and that's, there's nothing holy about that Spirit in those places. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the, looking at this pamphlet thing, you know, you can hear a lie so long that it begins to be true to you, mm-hmm. you know? Our whole world proves that. You ain't kidding. You can just hear. I mean, it, it says, this is why I get mad. So I'm going to read this one, number seven. Most of all, Jesus said that one of the signs of the believer would be speaking with other tongues, evidence of the Holy Ghost. And then they, they again, this Mark 16, 15 through 18. It, yeah. It's just... Mark, Mark, Mark chapter 16 is a disputed text. Um, I don't think it doesn't belong there, but it's not found in most manuscripts and it's just Jesus's marching orders you go into all the world share the good news and these signs will follow it doesn't say the silliness of the of the believers who go are going to do these things it says these signs will follow and all of those signs the speaking in tongues the the picking up of snakes um you'll be bit by snakes and and mm-hmm. not die and mm-hmm. not be hurt um all those things happen that was prophetic when Jesus spoke it, it was prophetic. Those things happened. We know the Apostle Paul had in, in on the island of Malta, mm-hmm. he had the, the snake grasp onto him. Those, they call them drop dead snakes because mm-hmm. you, you get bitten, you drop dead. Mm-hmm. And Paul just shook it off, put it back in the fire. Uh, those things really happened. So that was prophetic about the things that the, the people listening to him at the time were going to hear. That That is in no way an indication that... Those are the things that we should see or that we should experience. And it's time for all of us as a church culture to grow up and understand these things. You know, we've still got churches uh, in the South and in the, the, the swampy areas of Louisiana and back in the hills of Tennessee where they're, they're still handling snakes based on a, a, a stupid, dishonest interpretation of, of Mark chapter 16. When Jesus is simply saying, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go out, you're going to share the good news, and these things are going to happen, but don't worry, I got you. Mm-hmm. And and so th- to make that connection is just brutal. Let's take a break. If we can come back to okay. this in a moment. we got Harold from San Antonio on line one. Harold, thanks for being patient. You're on the air. Sure. Hi, y'all. Uh, yeah. Hey. I have a question. Hi, Paula. Um, I have a question. Uh, it's kind of a question I'm asking myself, really. It's about Adam and Eve and, you know, in the garden and them both being put there by God. I feel like they're equal. Um, of course, he's a man, she's a woman. But I am I seem to be asking myself, when Eve was tempted and ate of the tree, you know, that she wasn't supposed to, and God said, eat everything but this, in uh, I want to, I'm asking myself, I'm having a hard time saying it, actually. I'm, I'm asking myself, is there something that the man or Adam fell at that made her look the other way? Um, it seems like, was he not, I mean, we'll never know, of course, I guess. But it just seems like if he would have been the man he was supposed to be, mm-hmm. she would have never been tempted by anything or anyone or, you know, Satan something to do with the tree. So I, I'm leaning towards, and it's the same I've been thinking about for several weeks and uh, for a long time, and I just hadn't said it or called, but it just seems like the man, Adam, let her down, and she looked the other way, or she looked. And that's all I was going to say. I'd love to discuss that yep. some more, but yep. I listen okay, to well, you. Okay, thank yeah, you. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. Thank you for the call, Harold. Uh, yeah, clearly there was a failure in leadership. Um, and, and, you know, we weren't there, so we we don't know exactly how it happened. But we know that, that, that the enemy was enticing Eve. And who knows what opening she gave him. Uh, maybe um, she just got to thinking uh, with the help of a devil she didn't know existed at that point. 
um, maybe she got to thinking, well, why doesn't God want us to have that tree or, or have the fruit from that tree? And um, she would she would look at it, and, and it's the way it always um, I always imagined Harold. She would look at it, um, and, and every time she went near it, she get maybe a little bit closer. She get to a place one day where she could smell it. Now I've got a very keen sense of smell, and if I smell something good, I'm going to go over and smell it. Well, Eve was like you and me. And she smelled it, and she would touch it and feel it and think, well, this looks really, really good. I wonder why I can't have it. And that's when Satan appeared. And I think at that point, um, um, in in those trips back and forth around this tree, um, Adam should have been able to say, you know, God said that we, we shouldn't eat the fruit from that tree. Let's believe him. He's been good to us. But he didn't do that. And at some point, and we know Adam was there because it says that the woman ate and she took and she gave some to Adam and he ate and the sin is accounted to him. Now she sinned, but the, the explanation is she was deceived. Adam sinned willfully. So yes, there were two failures, a failure in leadership, um, but there was also a failure in in keeping his first estate. Uh, he chose Eve and fellowship with her over fellowship with God. And, of course, God knew all that was going to happen, but uh, I, I just think we we who are men and responsible to be the heads of our families spiritually, um, we've got to be men who stand firm. Uh, Adam should have said, Eve, we're not going over there. But it smells so good, Eve, we're not going over there. And you're right, they're completely equal, but remember, she was created to help him. That means he could help her as well, and he didn't help her in this case. And, of course, the result was the fall of man. Paul, do you want to mm. comment on that at all? Mm-mm. Yep, I, I, I totally agree. Good eyeballs, Harold. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR Paula. Well, I kind of want to. I think that's enough on that other subject, right? It's up to you. It's your okay. show. Okay, good. Um, well, this the scripture in uh, Jeremiah twenty nine. I, I like this because I remember. You know how you start looking back at stuff and. I can't remember how long ago it was, but when we got here, the Lord was saying, you know, pray for the city that you're in. Let me see, where is it? It says, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. That's how I felt when we came here. I'm in exile. Lord, you took me from California, my friends, my family, everything that I knew to San Antonio. But he says to me, pray to the Lord for it, Universal City. Um, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Um, and so I started praying for, you know, Lord Universal City and the surrounding area, San Antonio. And it's my fault, babe. That's all that construction. <laughs> this tra- Pat Booker Road traffic. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not just Pat Booker Road. It's everywhere, all over San Antonio. But... Uh, you know, not is it just only our church, but it's the school, it's the multi-medical, it's manhouse, it's the many um, other outreaches that we do, even kids camp and stuff like that. Um, and our city that used to be so small, we used to have the little tiny ATB down the street. Now we got to have the super one. And then within walking distance, we got a big Walmart right there. It just the Lord has brought more and more people um, and Calvary Chapel of San Antonio used to be 13 people, and now it's not. <laughs> it's a lot more. There's three services, and people are getting saved all the time. Um, this little strip mall that we're in used to be really barren, um, and they were excited for us to be tenants back in the day. <laughs> They're not so excited that we're. But anyway, um, the Lord has blessed this city, has blessed um the church, but uh, the numbers of people, you know, talking to so many new people, and they're saying, oh, this church is so wonderful, and I said, well, it has a little bit to do with, you know, Pastor Ron and, and, and Mama Paula, in the fact that, in the sense that God said to come here, and we obeyed, but 
other than Ron, you know, Ron studies and he teaches. But a lot of the other stuff, we we just pray about. You know, we're not teachers at the school. We're not doctors at Multimedical. We're not help home helpers. I wanted to be a doctor, but they wouldn't give me a coat. <laughs> you have a stethoscope. I said, this is my church, uh-huh. my doctor's office. Yeah. At least give me a coat. They gave me a stethoscope. <laughs> and you have a badge that says what on there? Remember Dr. Peter Gates? It's head of everything. Oh. Without a lab coat, <laughs> a doctor's coat, I, yeah. it means nothing. Nothing. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want you false advertising. <laughs> and so, but it's it's the Lord that has brought all of these people. He has gifted them all to do what they do, and um, like we we know the success of Calvary Chapel San Antonio and its in its ministries are all because of him. But seeking the peace and prosperity of the city to which you know we've been carried, because a lot of people who come to Malta Medical are not happy people because they're sick for the most part um but 90 percent of them are unbelievers that's, that's right. the neat thing yeah and so we are a great benefit to our city and surrounding areas because of multi-medical and, and people who may refuse jesus forever will be without excuse because at malta at at the academy at Manor House at our church they hear they see they feel the love of Jesus and if they just get to that part where point where they say yeah I, I know it's real but I don't really want it it won't be because we didn't do what we were supposed to do and I continue to pray um, to the Lord for our city because if it prospers we will too and I'm not talking money or anything like that I'm just talking the opportunity to be able to share the gospel with people. And, you know, for me, when I see men come to the altar, either get saved or like Adam should have, you know, (laughs) and repented, Lord, I didn't do my, I didn't step up as a man. I did choose this woman over my relationship with you. He did. It was just too late. Yeah, well, we have men here and now when they come to the altar it's not too late in in a lot of cases. Sometimes it's too late if they've lost their wife because they messed up and she's gone now. Um, but their lives can be redeemed. They can have some, you know, good things that come. Their kids, if they're divorced, their kids can see a different dad because he, he's always going to be their dad. Um, if he if he should remarry. That second marriage will be way better than the first because he's a new creation. Yeah, you know, those, those are the, fun times. The, the messages that we're doing on Sundays now in First uh, Corinthians thirteen, which is, uh, you know, we've gone chapter by chapter, verse by verse through First Corinthians. So it's taking a long time to get mm-hmm. here, but um, it was really heartening to see the numbers of men um, who came forward the last two Sundays. Yeah. Just, just because, you know, this is a measuring stick. How, how are you doing at this level? You know, when Paul says at the end of chapter 12, he says, and now I'll show you the most excellent way. And then mm-hmm. somebody like me stands up and says, okay, let's see how you're doing in this most excellent way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the, the pictures that I gave uh, Sunday was at the Bema Seat of Christ when we're getting our crowns. And I always imagine him saving the last crown for love. Mm-hmm. How you, how'd you do? Here's a crown for love, a crown of life, a crown of righteousness mm-hmm. for love. And, and I, I said, n- not knowing, I mean, this isn't true necessarily, but, but, but the way to view this is that crown, the one he saves for last to hand you is the one that says, excellent lover. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we need to, we need to challenge ourselves regularly to be excellent lovers. Um, Men need to love their wives the way Christ loved the church. Women need to respect and submit to the headship of their husbands. Mm -hmm. And they can only do that by trusting God. So that's that's how we become excellent lovers. And it's just Jesus' love poured out into our heart Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit that he's given us. You got three minutes, Paula. What's up? Uh, I was thinking, you're talking about uh, the men coming forward. Me too. But you, you you started this week with love is patient and love is kind. 
and you, you pretty much, you know, describe those two um, attributes. And the men that came forward, you know, you were saying, what's the volume like in your house? Yeah. You know, it, or, and or what's the tone? The tone. Yeah. And um, men and women both were coming forward because sometimes we're, like you say, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of this sometimes, being nicer to the people out, out there, I'm more, you know, friendly uh, outside and kind of can, sorry, but uh, <laughs> take for granted. So know, how are you doing in loving, Paula? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, that love is patient. I always say Seriously, this. Imagine we, you know, we could be having an argument. Why? If the phone, no, not oh. you and me, oh, but, okay. but the phone rings, mm-hmm. we, we'd be yelling at each other. The phone rings, hello. Yeah. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. we can control ourselves. Yeah. But we choose not to control ourselves with the people closest to us it's because we have expectations of those people. And instead, what we need to do is understand that's where love begins. Yeah. And love that goes outside the house really isn't love if the love isn't coming from inside the yeah. house. And how husbands and wives can yell at one another and call each other names and think horrible things, I, I never for the life of me will be able to understand what they expect they're going to say to Jesus about the things that they've said, the things their children have heard Mm -hmm. their mom and dad say to each other. How are we ever going to explain that to Jesus? But she really made me mad. You think that's going to fly with Jesus? I love when you say that, when you go out on your walks. Paula said this, and she, why did she, I don't understand her. And and the Lord will say, are you talking about precious? (laughs) I just love when you say that. It's an argument I can't win. Yeah, and when I'm out there, the Lord's saying, you know you were wrong. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Day Day edition of the program. This is the Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.